We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back to Shoot the Shot, an NBA and variety show. It is October 15th, 2021. Jonathan Osborne here. As always, I am joined by my co-host, the illustrious Luke Sylvia. What's going on, man? How are you? Illustrious. Don't ask me. I don't even know what that word really means, but I know it's a good adjective to bestow (laughs) upon a person. Um, I guess. I mean, yeah, it means well-known. Dynamism. Yeah, dynamism. Dynamism. That's an inside uh, joke. You guys don't need to know about that, but yeah, that's don't. just an inside joke here. Right, exactly. Yeah, we have our jokes. Um, yeah, uh, everything's good, man. I am a bachelor here for a few days. Um, I mean, Lauren and Harper are in Florida, so they're they're hanging out with uh, some friends at the beach, and then they're hanging out with some family. So uh, I'm, nice. I'm just kind of hanging out, working, coming home, and doing whatever. Bachelor life as a dad... I mean, you don't really have bachelor life. You have like a couple of days, a few hours. Like last Friday, I had about four hours, you know, with when you're a dad, you know, married with kids. Like your bachelor time is any time that you either don't have to watch kids or your wife's not around. Like you just have time really to yourself, which becomes very rare after you become a dad. And I had about four hours uh, last Friday. It was like 4.07. Wife and kids left the house, went right to the fridge, cracked a beer. Didn't care that it was only four o'clock. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Yeah. Just sat down, played video games for you know a few hours, watched some anime, some yeah. Naruto, which I've gotten more into. Let's let's talk about Naruto for a second, Luke, because I know you you started to get into it and then like you kind of stopped. Yeah. You haven't watched it in a while. Where yeah. where did you leave off? How far into Naruto did you get? Uh, end of season two or something like that. Um, they had just finished the. Test basically, or the 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 I should say maybe it wasn't the end of season two. It was like they finished the um you know that 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 preliminary round where they all had to go one on one like and see right. who made it to that final. Yeah, so so you yeah. got to experience like Rock Lee and Gara. Oh yeah, yeah, and and you stopped after that. Yeah, yeah. How what life get in the way? You lost interest. I'm, I'm really, I, I don't understand. I'm really ADD. So like if okay. I get off something, I'm off it for a while. So like, right. uh, Xbox, I haven't played in over a month. Um, I, Netflix, I'm pretty much, you know, we just finished squid game and, um, yeah. So, I mean, and now I'm, I'm finishing money heist right now. I don't know if you've seen that, but, um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm doing those shows right now and uh, I'll, I'll get back into it, but 
for now, I'm away. So Squid Game, now that you finish it, we've talked about it a little bit. Yeah. What's your overall analysis? Like one through ten, what are we looking at with Squid Game? Does it live up to the hype or or maybe not? I think I think it was like a eight point five or nine for me. Okay. Yeah. That's good enough for it me. Was, uh, yeah, without spoilers, I think it was really well done. Um especially for a show that you either have to watch it with, you know, dubbed over in English no, no, or subtitles. You have to watch it with subtitles. You have yes. to watch it with subtitles. Yeah, I I can't do the mouse being off. That's my biggest no. thing. So, uh yeah, no, we we just finished it last night. Lauren was heading to Florida like I said she's there now, and I was like, we got two episodes left. We're knocking them out tonight. One of, one of these times Lauren, you know, takes a trip to Florida like, you know, by all means, grab Luke, you know, bring him mm-hmm. with you. You know, yeah. we'd like to see it. We'd like to see She doesn't let me out of the house, so. Yeah. Well, you know, good looking guy. She doesn't, you know, want the, the ladies all over you, you know. You know what you're, I'm saying? On, so, you're on to something, so. Yeah, exactly. So, hey, mm-hmm. so if Squid Game is an 8.5 slash 9, like, what do you have Breaking Bad? Because I know that's your favorite show of all time. 9.8. Breaking Bad's a 9.8? Yeah. What's a 10? I don't know, but it's Come just, on. It's going to. It That's is the ridiculous. closest to a ten. I don't. Then I'm just, say it's a ten. It's okay to say it's a ten. It is the I best show I have ever seen. So, sure, we can give it a ten. That you're one of those guys where you like you're not okay with giving something a ten unless every single aspect of it is perfect. Well, maybe, but I mean, you, it's yeah. I mean, yeah. So Breaking Bad to you isn't a full point better than Squid Game. You're gonna have to think about this a little bit. I feel like yeah, we'll my come back to this might at, be at a later date. It might be. Fl- I think your rating system is like two K's rating system. I feel like okay, that's a little disrespectful. Yeah. No, all right, but. you're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> all right, let's t- let's talk some NBA, Luke, because the preseason is you know pretty much wrapped up. Um, we're really just like five, six days, uh, six six days, I think, away for uh five days, something like that. I don't know. Depending on when you guys are listening to this. It's coming up pretty soon, like right. the next four or five days, the next week. Um, preseason's over. Something that I didn't realize, it was brought to my attention really this morning, that Giannis has like honestly like transformed his jump shot. Yeah. I know that you've taken a look at this. I don't know how many of our listeners out there have seen this, but like the form is much more compact. It's much smooth. It actually looks like a jump shot now. Right. And not like a Greek god just catapulting the ball off of Mount Olympus, you right. know, like like Giannis tends to look like. The jump shot legitimately looks good. It, whether or not it's going to go in, like last night, I think he hit like five of eight jump shots uh, in, in the Bucks preseason game. That's not going to happen every single night. But even if the numbers, like he doesn't make this huge statistical improvement, I think with more reps we are going to see Giannis start to shoot the ball at least a little bit better. What were your thoughts when you saw the the new form? Uh, smooth, like you said. I mean, it didn't seem so weird. It didn't start, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, he, he would start low and end up real high, and, like, now his shot form is just a lot smoother, like you said. So um, I'm really uh, I'm interested to see. Ben Simmons, I hope you're in the corner over there taking notes, bud, because – Giannis is someone who has transformed his shot or is at least working on it. I mean, we've seen proof of it, right? I mean, he, he Giannis shoots 3.5 attempts last year, 4.7 the year before that. Um, had, you know, those both those years he didn't shoot below 30. For a guy like him who's so dominant in the paint, his three-point percentage doesn't have to be incredible. I mean, doing everything he did and 
you know, he's winning championships now and stuff. Like, I mean, if, if Giannis can shoot even 33%, if he can see an uptick of 3% this year, I mean, that's going to help them immensely as a team when they get to the playoffs and late game. If you can trust that Giannis is going to hit a three to win the game instead of having to rely on somebody else like Chris Middleton, Middleton's a great option. But I mean, Giannis, if you if you want to be able to have the ball in his hands, no matter what the situation is, if you need a three, you need a two, whatever it is. So I forget what round it was of the playoffs. I think it might have been the Eastern Conference Finals or it may have even been the NBA Finals. But there was a stat that at, at one point last year, the Bucks were 18 and 0 in games where Giannis did not attempt a single three-pointer. Mm. And in my mind, like, weird kind of abstract stats like that, you're like, okay, that has really just got to be a coincidence, right? Me, if I do anything 18 times in a row and I get the same results, if I'm looking for that result, I'm just going to continue to do that. So in some of these games where Giannis was, like, almost not being forced but was settling for three-pointers, in my mind, I'm just like, bro, you literally have not lost a game this season when you decided, you know what, I'm not going to take a three. So I just would have sworn them off altogether if I were him. But Giannis is right now on track, like adding the championship, the finals MVP, all of that does a lot for one's legacy. But Giannis was already on track to be one of the all-time greats. If this guy legitimately develops a jump shot that goes in at a you know league average rate, it's you know 33 34 yeah. if he gets to like 35 36 percent he's legitimately going to be a problem because it's great you know obviously you know you and I think that LeBron James is arguably the greatest basketball player of all time like Giannis at times I think is even more physically imposing than LeBron was in his prime just because of like the length and how you know within two steps he's from half court and he's at the rim basically mm-hmm. if he's able to, to shoot Near the level of LeBron, you know, LeBron's not a sharpshooter, but has become much better of a three-point shooter over the years. Man, Giannis, like, he is really set to just, like, take over the league for years to come. Yeah, I don't I don't see a reason why if, if Giannis's jump shot does turn around like it looks like it is right now, no reason that they can't give the Nets a run for their money when it comes, you know, playoff time, especially if Kyrie Irving is not there. Which it does not look like he will be. We can talk about that just you know kind of briefly yeah. here. Um, yeah, uh, Kyrie on Instagram Live last night, basically saying like, "Don't believe what you're hearing. I'm not retiring. I'm not doing all these things." You know, gave his reasons for not getting vaccinated, but he seems perfectly content with riding this out. You know, the Nets have basically said, "Hey, we're not allowing any you know part-time employees here. You know, right. we're running a professional basketball team. If you're not here all the time, you're just not going to be here." Yeah, I mean, and good for them, right? I mean, they they could have easily said, you know what, this is a weird circumstance, right? Let's have you play on the road against the teams that will allow you to play, you know, not the big market teams that are basically having these you know mandates essentially. Um, and we just kind of ride with it, and you know, your choice is your choice, and that's it. I mean, you take the the pay cuts for home games and whatever. Um, but good on them for just saying like, no, it's, it's, you're all in or you're not at all. So I, I think this is uh two Titans clashing between the Brooklyn Nets organization and Kyrie Irving. I, um, I, I just don't know. I mean, I don't think Kyrie budges. I know the Nets aren't going to budge. They're trying to make a point. I don't know what this comes to. If he says he's not retiring, then he must get traded. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Luke, do you think it's at the point now, you know, we saw, you know, obviously basically, you know, the year after the Cavs won the championship in 2016, uh, you know, they lose to the Warriors with KD the next year and then Kyrie wants out. So we've seen him leave the Cavs, you know, he left the Celtics, you know, in a you know pretty sour fashion. Now, you know, the issues that we're seeing in Brooklyn, like at some point, like there's a common denominator. Yeah. And I've been saying this for a long time. I feel like a lot of people do feel this way now we've had conversations about, you know, vaccination and whether that not right. that should be your choice. If you want to hear that stuff, you can listen to our our previous episodes, but at some point like it really just seems like this guy is going to cause problems everywhere that he goes. Mm-hmm. And I think the most logical thing at this point is for the Nets to move on from Kyrie. I think it's I think it's honestly best for both parties. Yeah. Like, you know, the Nets, you know, they have all this whether or not they're paying Kyrie, he's still taking up salary cap space. And he obviously wants to play basketball. He wants to be paid. And if he does want to play without getting vaccinated, it sounds like he's going to have to do it elsewhere. So the next guy that we were set to talk about is Ben Simmons. And I I mentioned this, I think, um, I, I think we talked about this, you know, a couple of weeks ago. Um, but again, like that trade, Ben Simmons for, for Kyrie, the fact that the Nets are coming out and just flat out saying like, no, this is not going to happen. We're not going to allow this guy to play. To me, it even makes a lot more sense now to make that deal particularly. Yeah, I, and who knows, you know, ultimately what's what's going to come of all this. It's really hard to tell. It's uncharted territory. And, you know, when it comes to Kyrie, I, I, I've heard people say, oh, well, you know, don't 
don't get mad at Kyrie. It's his choice about the vaccine. It's like, no, it's not the vaccine that's driving me crazy. It is not anything to do with that. It's just that there is always something. Like, there is just always something that this dude has a problem with more than everybody else, right? It bothers him more than anybody else, no matter what it is. And it's just like, it just feels like he's very entitled. Um, He's never going to budge. If you're going to request a trade, request a trade. Like, if you're not going to anticipate, like, honor what your organization is saying, right? I mean, they're going by, by state. Like, they just honor what they're saying and just say, you're right. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to budge. You're not going to budge. Get me out of here, respectfully. Yeah. But this is this is just weird, man. And every time Kyrie talks, it's all mellow and like you know he 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 comes across as sounding like he knows what he's talking about. And I'm just like, man, shut up, dude. Like you you talk so much when you talk, and it's just like it doesn't. It 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 is always like I said. It is always something with Kyrie Irving. Always. Ah. Kind of this conversation apart, I think when like the point like Kyrie really lost me for good was when he shows up to Boston to play there the first time and he's got the sage and he's like going around like trying to cleanse the arena. And then dude. like a few times later they play in, in Boston and he's stomping on the logo in center court. Yeah. Like, bro, stop what if you're trying to cleanse any toxicity, start with you first and just kind of work your way out from there. But I like watching Kyrie play basketball when he's healthy. It's it's kind of hard not to be entertained by the way that he plays basketball. But at this time, like you said, respectfully, it's just in both parties' best interest yeah. to part ways. Like it, it seems like he wants to be in Brooklyn. Obviously, he wouldn't have signed there if he didn't want to be in Brooklyn. He wants to be close to his you know hometown in New Jersey. But, bro, they're not going to let you play. If you're not getting the vaccine, just go in and be like, yo, I want to get out of here. Get me out of here. And they'll yep. find a way to do it. I even made the the joke last night to you that if he really wants out, what would really be fun is just trade Kyrie for Russell Westbrook. Get Kyrie back with LeBron James. It'll be fun to watch those guys in L.A. And then it would be amazing to see all the Oklahoma City fans just completely melt down when the Brooklyn Nets win a championship with Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Russell Westbrook. be absolutely fantastic. The narrative is funny. The narrative is funny. But remember... If Kyrie goes to L.A., then he won't be on a team with someone who can hit that last-second shot. Remember? Oh, that's true. At least in his opinion, that that's that's <laughs> what Kyrie has said. Yeah. So yeah. So and which we all I mean, know he's to got be, Carmelo Anthony. So right. You know, at least he's got Melo. I don't know if there's anybody else there that can hit a last-second shot. Yeah, Maybe not I mean, one of the most clutch players in NBA history. I mean, I it depends who you ask, Luke. I mean, there is a guy who lives in L.A. who happens to play for a team that wears purple mm, and gold right. who has a better, you know, he's hit more postseason game winners basically than anybody in history. So, yeah. But that guy isn't all that clutch, according to Kyrie. But this isn't going to be like a LeBron, you know, slurp fest or whatever. Like, we're not about to do that whole thing. It can be. But uh, moving on, let's <laughs> talk about Ben Simmons, Luke. Let's talk about Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons basically told the 76ers to F off. I don't yeah. want anything to do with you guys delete my number, trade me, do whatever you have to do. And then once he realized that the paychecks weren't coming in, just snuck his way to Philadelphia and is just knocking on the door there like, hey, guys, I'm, I'm here to take my COVID test. What's going on? Didn't tell anybody from the organization that he was going to show up. They found out he was coming to Philly when he showed up to the facility, Luke. What do you think of this? Yeah. So you got Simmons camp that is probably still urging them like, hey, make a trade. 
we're here so we don't lose money. And that was the biggest, that was the thing. Um, I, I was listening to the, the pick a side podcast, a, a clip of theirs they put on YouTube like last week or something, but they were just talking about like, there is no way Ben Simmons people aren't, you know, whispering in his ear, like, Hey, you, you got to go get your money. Like you can't do this. This is not a good look. And he shows up. Right. And I'm sure that their can his camp is still urging a trade. I mean, there's because it doesn't sound like he's going to play. Like it doesn't. No, he just showed he showed up. And can you imagine if like opening night, like he actually like suits up, but he doesn't even like play a minute. I mean, they put him they put him out in garbage time. No, they wouldn't <laughs> dare. They wouldn't dare do that. I could see him like showing up and just sitting on the bench in like street clothes. I, I don't know. I really think I don't think it's a good idea at this point. Like. Regardless of what 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 he does with his teammates, like Danny Green said, like we're not asking you to come in and shoot jump shots. We're asking you to come in and do your job. Just right. apologize, and we're good. That might be fine with the with the 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 teammates, the guys on the team. Yeah. It's not going to fly with Philadelphia fans. No. He rolls out there. You know, I don't know at this point if it would even be opening night. I don't know what kind of shape he's in. But five ten games, he gets rolled out there in Philadelphia to the starting lineup. He's one hundred percent getting booed. He's getting booed every single time he touches the ball. Yeah, he's gonna get booed and I don't know hot dogs thrown at him when he's walking <laughs> through the tunnel back to the locker room. Like it is just, it's not going to be like an amiable reunion in Philadelphia for you know uh, for Ben Simmons and the Philadelphia. Ins Philadelphians? What what are Philadelphiaites? I don't know what the heck you call. I don't people. know that they're ites. I don't know what that is. But I Philadelphia Johns. I don't know what you call them there. Philadelphians. I think we're good there. Philadelphians. Philadelphians, not Philadelphians. You're right. Philadelphia. That's that's my that's my northeastern accent coming out. Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Mm. So yeah, I don't see that going well. But I think it's hilarious that. They just had no idea that he was showing up until he showed up. Still fully expect them to you know, come to some type of agreement and get him moved at some point, but I'm pretty interested to see if he's actually going to play. I don't think he will, but I could be wrong. But it, it, that if it's all about not losing money, TV. then he might have to. I don't know. I don't think it would be as bad, but it would be like, I don't know, not going to be like Kevin Durant, you know, returning to Oklahoma City or like LeBron returning to Cleveland with the heat where they were throwing batteries. But I don't know. There might be some popcorn thrown. There might be. I don't Philadelphia know. Philadelphia fans are crazy. I don't know. We'll see. So, um, Luke, uh, the Magic, the team that you and I, you know, root for, you Ooh. know, pretty, uh, pretty hard. Yeah. Uh, they had their last preseason game last night against the Boston Celtics. There right. are some notable guys out for the Celtics, like Al Horford and Jalen Brown, who are both, you know, recovering. I don't even know if they have COVID symptoms, but they both tested positive for COVID. So they're in the league's health and safety protocol. Um, Dennis Schroeder was out. Jason Tatum was out. Marcus Smart was also out, which, I mean, I didn't really think anything of it last night when all the other veterans were out. But today we learned that Marcus <laughs> Smart missed the team flight from Boston to Orlando, and now he's going to be suspended for the final preseason game. Um, How do you he won't do play that? That I think it has to be a choice. Yeah, like there's no way that they were just like, "All right, guys," uh, like they missed a head count. They're like, "All yeah. right, uh, we got Kevin! everybody." Kevin, <laughs> like Home Alone, like, like that right. didn't happen. No, yeah. that that didn't happen, and and it had to have been like you know maybe teammates texting Marcus like, "Hey, what's up, man?" No response, you know. And then for whatever, like, what what was he doing? 
I don't know. I don't think we've heard exactly what the reasoning was. I'm sure, you know, he just, I don't know, like fell asleep, forgot to set an alarm type of thing, woke up and the the team was gone. And then he just gets to Miami on his own. Yeah, I I don't know. Like maybe he, I don't know what the Did he he fire up the private jet or what? I, I don't know. Maybe he, like, I don't he was, know how he was these teams discipline Delta. guys. Like, do they care, like, if you have a flat tire and you just can't make it? Like, they're like, oh, sorry, we're going to suspend you anyways. Or, like, would they, you know, give you, like, a business class maybe, plane ticket? Maybe a G-leaguer. I don't know. Maybe a G-leaguer. Ain't no way that they're, they're you know, taking off on a plane without Marcus Smart. <laughs> Unless it's voluntary. Think. No, they got deadlines to meet. Who knows? I don't, I don't know. I don't really know. I'm sure they probably could have figured something out to get Marcus Smart on that plane. But, well, I, it's just not really a big deal. It's a preseason game. He's not even going to be suspended for like a regular no, season game. For the opener. So like this is very much like slow news. Yeah. You know, day type so of hilarious. stuff coming out. Yeah. All right, Luke. So, yeah, uh, NBA season starting this week. This is our last chance to talk about. You know, our predictions for the NBA regular season awards. So we're talking about MVP, Rookie of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, Most Improved Player, Sixth Man of the Year, Coach of the Year. We're not going to talk about Executive of the Year. Honestly, it's just really a boring award. Nobody really cares who wins that other than maybe the executives. Um, Luke, let's start with MVP. Who do you have uh, you know, uh, winning the MVP this year? I mean, we talked about his teammate earlier, Kyrie Irving. If he's out... I don't see why Kevin Durant can't come in and just win MVP solely because I think now he is the best player in the league. Um, I, I don't see why he can't. You know, he's going to be on the best team in the league. He's Kevin Durant, man. I, I think that he can easily win this MVP award, and that's who I've got winning it. So me, um, I'm having. I have a repeat. Uh, I think it's going to be Nikola Jokic. Mm. Um, obviously won the MVP last year. It is a very, you know, like narrative driven league, obviously, but I think he was very deserving last year. He's going to have to take such a step up because of their missing Jamal Murray, who's still recovering from the ACL. Um, you know, if the Denver Nuggets are going to be successful at all this year, it's going to rest on the shoulders of two guys. I think, uh, Nikola Jokic and Michael Porter Jr. Um, I, I really think that, Jokic even has another level that he can go to. I think Michael Porter Jr., uh, I'll talk more about him in a little bit. Spoiler alert. Um, but, yeah, I think uh, Jokic has a, a good chance to win the award, you know, once again. And, you know, another back-to-back MVP. We've seen plenty of those, you know, throughout the you know the last decade. Obviously, LeBron, um, you know, Giannis, you know, won back-to-back MVPs. Yeah. So, um, Steph won back-to-back MVPs. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's I think it's going to be Jokic. I'm pretty uh I I like that pick a lot. What about rookie of the year? Who you got? Not going to overthink it. I'm going Cade Cunningham. Um Cade is incredible on both sides of the ball. We know that. Um he's a guy that's going to give, you know, every play effort on both sides of the ball. I really think that's what it's going to come down to for me. You know, I mean, you definitely could make a case for Jalen Green, which I have a feeling I know where you're going. Okay. All right. Um, Why don't you just tell everybody what I picked? <laughs> uh, How Jonathan, about we not do that? Jonathan Jonathan picked Jalen Green, guys. I didn't know that. Yeah. We didn't discuss this. Um, we didn't, but... But I know, I know you, and I know Jalen Green's your boy, and it makes sense. It's eh. a, it is a great pick. I don't um, know. But I, I do think that Cade just cares more in terms of, you know, especially defensively. And I think that's what it's going to come down to. Cade is going to get his on offense. Um, he's a leader. 
He's, you know, he's going to be able to uh, be something that those guys in the uh, Pistons locker room can rally around. I think rookie of the year. I'm not, like I said, I'm not overthinking it. He's number one for a reason. Yeah, I think it's going to be Jalen Green. I think, um, you know, Cade Cunningham, I think, you know, arguably he has the better roster right now. Um, They're both going to have, you know, the opportunities to like go out and get theirs. But like Jerry and Grant is definitely a guy that is very much still going to, you know, go out and get his. Um, I think Killian Hayes is going to have, you know, a better year, uh, you know, this year for them. Jalen Green, I think, is just really motivated to prove that he should have been the number one pick. Uh, you know, he's a guy that he's saying, like, he definitely wants to, you know, come out and be rookie of the year. Uh, I think he's going to score the ball at a really high level from day one. He's going to have every opportunity to win rookie of the year. Um, yeah, I, I just like Jalen Green. I think he's going to be, like, the sexy pick even though that Cade Cunningham is the number one overall pick. I think especially just when you watch their games, uh, Jalen Green is the guy that's going to kind of jump off of the screen. His game is a little bit sexier, if you will. He's got a lot of the, ath- the athleticism, all the dribble moves. He's going to put some guys in posters this year. Um, and for those reasons, you know, I think a lot of this, it doesn't always go to the like the best rookie or, you know, the best player in the league, obviously, as we know. A lot of times it's, you know, what's the narrative and, and what are people talking about and, and what makes for the better story? So Jalen Green, you know, kind of feeling like he's snubbed as, you know, the number two overall pick. Um, you know, if he puts up, you know, 22, 23 points per game this year, uh, I, I definitely think it, it's possible that he wins rookie of the year. Who do you have for most improved? Um, most improved, I, I think we got the same guy, I think. Uh, I'm going to go Michael Porter Jr. I... I, I'm good. I'm, I'm going. going first next. All right. No, go ahead. <laughs> um, no, I mean, and, and obviously, you know, we can piggyback off each other here, but MPJ, I mean, he filled in great, you know, alongside Jamal Murray. They really didn't, you know, see a huge downturn in games that they, you know, lost and won. Um, he's incredible. I mean, average, what, 20 points a game last year. And then you might be thinking of yourself like, well, you average 20 points a game. How much better do you think he's going to get? With Murray out, man, I, I really do think that he could average 26 a game this year. I think that he is that good. Uh, I, he's, I mean, he, he, Michael Porter Jr., man, he's something to be, you know, not to be messed with at all. And uh, I think that he's, you know, going to be able to win that MIP this year. So, yeah, uh, we talked, you know, a few weeks ago about what are some of our um, – you know, like most interesting storylines heading yeah. into the season. Michael Porter Jr. Is, is very much, you know, that for me. I think, um, you know, he had a pretty significant step up in terms of scoring the basketball, you know, the last few weeks of the regular season without Jamal Murray. Um, not only is this guy just like a great, great scorer in terms of like just flat out like statistical prowess, like he's able to put the ball in the basket, but he's just so efficient. Um, you know, last year, uh, 44.5% from the three-point line, shot 54% from the floor, 79% from the free throw line, you know, averaging 19.7 rebounds a game. Like, th- this kid is just such an elite talent, which is, you know, going into, you know, the draft a few years back. Um, you know, he was supposed to be one of the, the you know, the, the best players in that draft, and then the back issues, and, you know, a Clippers team doctor, now we know it basically set out, you know, this kid might not ever play basketball again. I wouldn't draft him. So all these teams pass on him. Clippers pass on him twice, I believe. Uh, so, yeah, 
now he's in Denver, and I think he's going to ball out without Jamal Murray. Again, you know, I've got Jokic as my pick to you know win MVP. I've got Michael Porter Jr. to be MIP, not because of the improvement that he is going to make, but he's just going to be in so much more of a like prominent role there without Jamal Murray. Like Jamal Murray went crazy in the bubble a couple of summers ago, and that I think really put him on the map for a lot of people. Yeah. Denver, you know, they've been so good. They have the reigning MVP. They're probably going to be a playoff team again this year. I'm sure they have quite a few nationally televised games. Like this is going to be Michael Porter Jr.'s coming out party this season. And if if Denver is going to be successful, it's going to be because of Jokic and it's going to be because of Michael Porter Jr. And he's going to have just so much more of an opportunity to showcase his talent. And he's been dying for this kind of opportunity. He's been talking yeah. the last two years about how he wants to be more of a focal point offensively. Yeah. He's not going to have a better opportunity than this. And especially with a guy like Jokic, where if MPJ gets open, he's going to get the ball wherever he needs the ball. So I really like Michael Porter Jr. for most improved player as well. Uh, sixth man of the year, I've got another repeat in Jordan Clarkson. Uh, I think Jordan Clarkson just did such a great job you know, stepping into that role, you know, in Utah, they've basically just kept that team together for the most part. Um, I just think it's hard to pick a guy, like confidently pick a guy outside of, of Jordan Clarkson. However, I wanted to throw this little nugget in there as an honorable mention. Mm. Our guy, Terrence Ross, who we think should have been more in the six man of the year conversation back in the 2018, 2019 season, where I believe he averaged like 15 a game, something like that. Yeah, 15.1 points per game. If he is with the team like for the entire year this year, he is going to have such an opportunity to just shoot the ball as much as he wants in that second unit, Terrence Ross will. If he can have an efficient year, I could see Terrence you know, scoring 16, 17 points per game. Now, this is the argument that I'll make. If you took this roster and you put them somewhere like New York or L.A., and Terrence had the kind of season that I'm describing, I think he would absolutely be in the conversation. However, I, I think because of where we are in Orlando and probably because of how bad the team will be, I don't know if it's possible for him to have a good enough season to end up in that conversation. So give me your uh, your MIP pick and then uh, what, what you think of uh, Terrence Ross's chance. Because right now on Bovada, he's got like top 10 odds. Like he's tied with quite a few guys plus 2,000 right now to to win uh mm. to win um you know six man of the year so for my six man of the year jonathan we're gonna go trivia again i know you love my trivia here okay, okay. so i like it when i get the question right okay good yeah, yeah yeah okay so um only two players have done this to this point this achievement and i think that there's going to be a third this year two players have one mvp and sixth man of the year in their careers. One of them say Derek Rose. One of them is James Harden. One's Bill Walton. And I think Derek Rose can do it this year. I think he can win sixth man of the year. That's the only guy that's currently in the league that has won an MVP that I think would even be a a candidate for that. So that was kind of easy, but I would not have, I, I I probably would have missed on both of those because what I thought you were going to say is guys that have won it multiple times. And I was going to say Jamal Crawford, Lou Williams, yeah. Um. And I thought you were gonna say you picked Jordan Clarkson. Obviously, you didn't. But yeah, let's hear uh, why you think Derrick Rose. Yeah. The biggest thing is, man. You look at the Knicks last year. D Rose goes to uh, New York with when Derrick Rose played. The Knicks were twenty four and eleven, 
had a near 70% win percentage with Derrick Rose playing. Um, D Rose shot almost three attempts a game from three. Um, and let's see, he shot 41% from three last year. So he's a guy that has, you know, he, I'm very happy for D Rose. I think that, that he has found kind of his niche there with, with Tibbs again, and then has found his role coming off the bench as a six man, you know, leading that second unit for the Knicks. And like I said, to a 24 and 11, you know, record, the Knicks are the four seed in the East last year. I don't think that the Knicks are the four seed in the East last year without Derrick Rose. Um, he's, you know, he's going to give you a 14, 15 a game. I mean, D Rose is still a stud to me and I, I don't, I don't see why he couldn't win six man of the year this year. There, they may made one addition to that team that I think is going to take a little bit from Derrick Rose's statistical input. And you're not going to like what the name I'm about to say, Evan Fournier. Yeah. Evan Frenchie. I, I, that's not a, that's not a very uh, nice term there, but, um, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, but uh, no, that's that's not a bit a bad pick at all. But I, I do think Evan is gonna he's gonna shine in the in the Big Apple. We'll see. All right, uh, defensive player of the year. Who do you have? Going back to the well, uh, not last year's Depoy, but uh, you know, year before that, there Rudy Gobert. Um, I I don't. There's another one. I'm not a big guy. I'm not a big overthinker. And um, I think Rudy Gobert, I mean, you, anytime you have a guy that's going to give you, um, you know, almost three blocks a game, 10 defensive rebounds a game, he's going to be in that conversation every year. His offensive game is a whole other story that I cannot stand. But defensively, uh, I think it's a safe pick. And I just think that that's a, a pick that, you know, I can depend on Rudy will be in the, you know, at least the final conversations near the end of the year. So I have a guy who it seems like is in the conversation each year, but has just never really been able to get it done. I've got Anthony Davis. Um, part of that is kind of the, I guess, air quotes, commitment that we've gotten from him that he's going to play more at the five. Um, you know, if that's the case and he's closer to the rim, you know, like Rudy Gobert, um, you know, uh, last year, 2.7 blocks per game, you know, one defensive player of the year. I, I think that Anthony Davis can get to that level. You know, a couple of years ago when we saw Jonathan Isaac go out on New Year's Day, uh, it was him and Anthony Davis basically leading the league in blocks per game around that time. Like, our boy Jonathan Isaac. And this is what I'll say. I would have picked Jonathan Isaac if he wasn't coming off of an ACL injury. Right. Like, I think this is the last year where, like, he's not a favorite to win Defensive Player of the Year if he stays healthy. Even coming off of the ACL, if he's able to play, like, 60-plus games, I still think he makes either a first or second all NBA defensive team. I'll, I'll go out and say that right now. I think if Jonathan Isaac can play 60-plus games, he will absolutely make a defensive team. Um, but without playing 82 games, I, I don't think he's going to be all the way back. Usually it takes like a year to get back from that ACL once you've actually started playing again. Um, but yeah, I think I think Anthony Davis. Uh, I think the Lakers are, are going to look to like reestablish like that defensive identity that they had a couple of years ago that took them to win, you know, the uh, uh, NBA championship. Um, and I think they're going to look to Anthony Davis to really anchor that. Obviously, you got Russell Westbrook, who's still, you know, a great defender. LeBron James, who can still give you, you know, great defense in spurts and stretches. They've got a few other guys. Um, but I think Anthony Davis is really going to, you know, look to, you know, um, you know, anchor that defense. And I think he has a real shot to win Depoy. Last but not least, 
Um, who's your coach of the year? So I'm going to go with my coach of the year pick with a guy that I think um, is going to benefit a lot from who I believe to be the runner up at MVP um, this year. And that is going to be Jason Kidd. I think Jason Kidd can kind of, you know, write the ship this year. Um, and in terms of his coaching career, can I help Jason you? Jason Kidd. Yeah. And Are it, you it, kidding me? <laughs> No, I'm not. I think that the All Mavericks, right. the Mavericks last year, they start, and it's not because I think Jason Kidd is an extraordinary we went from, coach. From literally praising God when he yeah. got hired by the Dallas Mavericks, and yeah. now he's your coach of the year. Why didn't you want him to coach the Magic? Because he's not going to do any. It has less to do with Jason Kidd himself, um, and more to do with the fact that the Mavs had a rough start to the year last year with COVID protocols, things like that. They get right. They finish fifth in the West. I think they could be a top four team in the West this year. Luka Doncic, I think, is going to take what people don't even think is possible and taking another step. Um, and I think that he'll be runner-up for MVP this year. And I think that uh, Jason Kidd is going to reap the benefits of having just a really talented team that he's getting to coach. And, uh, you know, he's got an under 500 record right now. And I think that is going to vastly change coming this year with the Mavericks. And uh, I think that uh, Jason Kidd's going to win Coach of the Year. We will see, my boy. We will definitely see. Did you see the image, uh, like the side-by-side of Luca at Media Day last year and Luca Media Day this year? Like how much, like in much better shape he yeah. is this year? Yeah. So like. And I then below it, and then below it, you put Zion Williamson's last day, last Bruh. year Media Day and this year's Media Day. I think that was t- the the photo you're talking about. I think that was um, his 2019 Media Day. mm but still, yeah, it's a pretty uh, stark comparison. Yeah. He's been enjoying that New Orleans gumbo mm-hmm. for a fact. But, yeah, Luca, I agree. I do think he has even another level that he can get to. This is going to be, what, his fourth season in the NBA now? Um, I think Luca has the opportunity to make another leap. Yeah, like I, was very, I was very close to um, this. Yeah, these, like as you was said, I. I was MVP. very close to having him as MVP. Yeah. Um, Luca is just incredible Luca magic so he I mean averaging 28 a game basically his last two seasons um I mean last year I mean if you look at it he's averaged almost 28 um eight rebounds almost nine assists you know shooting 35 percent from three on 8.3 attempts the he's just insane man and I I I would be super happy for Luca if he is able to win the MVP award this year, more, more happy than I would be for Jason Kidd, uh, who's got some character questions. Uh, if he won coach of the year this year. Yeah. My coach of the year. And I just realized that I gave the Western conference, like a clean sweep on all the regular season awards. Um, I'm going very nuggets heavy. Uh, I feel like Michael Malone is a guy who's been in coach of the year, you know, discussions, you know, the past few seasons, if Denver, you know, is able to be like you said, you know, the Dallas Mavericks, if if they're able to be like a top four seed, if the Nuggets finish as like a top four, maybe even as like a top five seed without Jamal Murray for most of the year, um, I really feel like Michael Malone is going to have a great chance to win Coach of the Year. Yeah. I picked, I I have Nikola Jokic to be my MVP, Michael Porter Jr. to be the most improved player. So those guys both having stellar years. If those guys both have stellar years the Nuggets are going to be very good with or without Jamal Murray. And if that team is really, really good. Um, again, we always talk about narratives and, you know, a, a Denver Nuggets team in a very tough competitive Western conference 
without arguably their second best player in Jamal Murray. If they're able to secure home court advantage, uh, you know, in the first round of the playoffs, you know, like it, you would have a tough time not involving Michael Malone in the in the coach of the year conversations. A lot of people are picking guys, you know, like you know Monty Williams, which you know I definitely think he has a great shot as well. Could have won it last year. Could have won it last year, absolutely. You know, Thibodeau was was very deserving, also. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just I wanted to kind of go outside of the box with my my coach of the year pick. So as you did as well, I will I will definitely hand it to you. I was not I was not expecting you to go uh the the Jason Kidd route. So, all right, Luke, how did you do last week with your college bets? What action we got this week? Uh, last week was terrible, so we won't spend much time on it. Um, okay. I went oh one and one. Um, Ole Miss did not cover, um, as far as Arkansas, the Arkansas game there, um, was an exciting finish, great finish. And then Iowa, um, I had the minus three against Penn state and, uh, Iowa was down big and stormed back and actually won by exactly three. So we had a push, a good old fashioned push there. Um, so my college record now is six, six and two. Um, and, uh, yeah. And then for this week, I switched it up and put my picks on my phone this week. Um, let's see. So for this week, we've got, uh, Kentucky is playing Georgia, both teams five and O, um, and Kentucky is plus 22 and a half against Georgia. Now there's reason to believe Georgia can definitely cover this spread, but my college picks this week are very simple. I think that is a huge number that I'm willing to roll the dice on plus 22 and a half in the event that Kentucky is better than Vegas thinks that they are. Um, Kentucky's defense is very solid. They've been surprising a lot of teams. They beat my Florida Gators a couple weeks back. Um, and I, I think that they can cover that plus 22 and a half. Now, the other one, Jonathan, has a lot to do with logic as well. And just what I see, you will never see this over under in, in an NFL game ever. The over-under is set at 82 for Ole Miss versus Tennessee. Both a couple offenses who have, you know, high-powered offenses, right? Much like Georgia can cover the spread, they could hit the over. But I'm just going to play the numbers game here, Jonathan. I'm taking the under 82. I mean, that's a lot of numbers that I can play with, that I have margin with, with 82 points in that game. Like I said, I know they can get there, but... Um, both these picks for me are just strictly, you know, kind of logic and what numbers and stats say. I'm I'm going Kentucky plus twenty two and a half and under eighty two in Ole Miss Tennessee. All right, so I'll I'll take it from here. We'll go a little bit back to the NFL. So last week I I, I actually did pretty well. Um, so I had you know a couple of wild Good parlays that I always talk myself into. Those never work out, but I don't really <laughs> I don't really count those. Right. Um, I, I've been like really really teaser happy lately. So I had. Uh, the Rams and the Packers, you know, both tease six points. So Rams plus three at Seattle, uh, Packers plus three at Cincinnati. They both covered. Um, I felt really good about I ran another jersey teaser this week. I had the Jets and the Giants six-point teaser. Jets plus nine at Atlanta. Had the Giants uh, plus 13 at Dallas. I felt really good about that until Saquon Barkley sprained his ankle and then Daniel Jones looked like he was just in the ring with Tyson Fury for about 17 hours straight, just getting punched in the face. Couldn't walk, spit bubbles coming out of his mouth after a hard hit at the goal line, was concussed, left the game, and then, you know, they. I, I knew in order for the Giants to have a chance in this game, they were going to have to score a lot of points. As soon as Daniel Jones and Barkley went out of the game, and then Kenny Galladay went out of the game, I think at halftime, 
I knew that that uh, bet was completely toast. Uh, then I had another six point teaser: 49ers at the Cardinals, uh, uh, plus ten and a half. Buffalo Bills plus nine at the Kansas City Chiefs. That covered for me as well. And then uh, the last teaser that I had on the weekend, another six point teaser. I had the Chargers plus four at home against the Browns. And then I had the Baltimore Ravens uh, minus one um, at home against the Colts. Everyone knows they were down big in that game, came all the way back, won that game in overtime. I really had to sweat that one out. Uh, Shouts out to Rodrigo Blankenship for missing that kick. That was really, really clutch. Luke called that in real time that he was going to miss that kick. He's a Georgia uh, Bulldog. You can't trust those. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, came through clutch. And, uh, yeah, so I think I was like four for five on the week uh, with my teasers. And I'm just, I'm really, you know, since I've been doing the teasers, it's just like you get really good odds. You know, it's like 25 bucks to win, almost $21. And I just pick, you know, like the, you know, seven or eight games that I think I have a real shot, you know, of uh, of hitting on. So this week, um, seven-point teaser, Bengals plus three at Detroit. And then uh, I've got that paired with the Jaguars plus 10 at home against the Dolphins. Um, all of these are, are six-point teasers, I believe. Uh, Chargers at the Baltimore Ravens plus nine. Rams minus three and a half at the New York Giants. Looks like Daniel Jones is going to play this week. Um, he practiced today coming back from that concussion. Last week I told myself if Daniel Jones does not play, I don't care what the line is. I'm taking the Rams. Like initially they were, I think right now they're still like minus 10 and a half and I would still be all over that. You could tell me it was minus 14. I would still take the Rams. Mike Clennon as a starting quarterback, there's no way we're going to keep up, um, you know, with the Rams. And then I've got the bills minus six uh, at the Tennessee Titans. What about you, Luke? What's going on with your NFL action this week? I don't think that we touched any of the same games. Um, That's interesting. Yeah, I don't think we did. And I've only got two, as I've been doing pretty steadily here with two with college, two with NFL. My first one, mine aren't T's. Mine are just, you know, the your straight lines here. Uh, I've got Green Bay minus four and a half at the Bears. Um, reason for this being when it comes to NFL, I'm very stats driven, you know, against the spread straight up, those type of statistics. Uh, Matt LaFleur is four and O straight up and against the spread against the Chicago bears. Since he took over in green Bay, Aaron Rodgers is 10 and three straight up and against the spread when playing in Chicago. So for me, that's really all I needed to see. I think that green Bay, um, should be favored by a little bit more here. I would be comfortable taking them even at minus six against the Bears. I um I, I really do like Green Bay in this position. Um, and then my next one is Steelers minus five against the Seahawks. Um, Geno Smith, you know, obviously looked good last week um, after Russell's injury, but things to remember here: Steelers now had a full week to prepare for Geno Smith. Um, and you know, I think that they can really throw him off this weekend. Um, and Seahawks defense, they're 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 terrible. And on the road in their last nine, the Seahawks are two and seven against the spread. So give me the Steelers and this one minus five and Green Bay minus four and a half in Chicago. I think the most interesting thing out of everything that you just said was when you mentioned that Aaron Rodgers is ten and three in Chicago, which tells you that Aaron Rodgers has been playing starting quarterback for the Packers for thirteen years now which just seems crazy. Like, it does not feel that long 
and yeah. 13 years to do anything is a really, really, really long time. But I, I like those picks. I definitely think, um, like, Geno Smith is not a good quarterback. I, I've seen him in action for my New York Giants. Thanks to Ben McAdoo, Geno Smith was the quarterback that stepped in um, that, you know, basically put to rest, uh, you know, Eli's record of consecutive NFL starts. So, uh, yeah, thanks to uh, Ben McAdoo for that. It was not Geno Smith's fault. Uh, but, yeah, Geno Smith is just uh, not a good quarterback. He got hot last week. I'll give that to him. He looked really, really good, especially in the first couple series for the Seahawks. But, uh, but yeah, and then Juju Smith-Schuster uh, out for the year. That's pretty crazy as well. Yeah. I'm going to look for uh, Clay Poole and, and Deontay Johnson really to pop off. I don't have either of those guys in fantasy, but if I'm looking at some DFS stuff, DFS stuff, uh, that'd be that'd be pretty interesting to to look at there. So, Luke, I don't have anything else for us this week. Uh, NFL season, uh, not NFL season. The NBA season is starting this week. I've got NFL on the brain. Really, really excited. Um, yeah, if you guys uh, haven't checked out uh, our Patreon, please do so. Uh, that's growing, you know, pretty significantly. I'm gonna go ahead uh, and shout out. Um, our patrons, we don't have any new patrons this week, unfortunately. If you would like to join the Patreon, you can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show. But shout out to Zico, Keith Garcia, Armin, Drew Gooden, and Court Cousins. Really appreciate your guys' support. It means a lot. If you guys want to be shouted out on each of our podcast episodes, go ahead and subscribe to uh, you know either our, our uh, 5 or $10 uh, patron level. Really, really appreciate that. But for Luke Sylvia, this is Jonathan Osborne. You guys are listening to Shoot the Shot, and we will catch you guys next time. See ya. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash blue wire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.